Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening from whenever you're listening to this. My name is Cole Monago, and I'm doing a podcast on ex-slave Manellis Gassaway. This slave narrative took place in Baltimore, Maryland on September 22, 1937. Manellis was the son of Ellen and Annabelle Gassaway. Manellis was born in Freedom District, Carroll County, about 1850 or 1852, which I was very surprised to hear that Manellis didn't even remember his own birth year, which is very sad. Manellis had three siblings and lived with his mother and father in Carroll County near Eldersburg in a log cabin. This cabin had two rooms, one up and down, and four windows, two in each room. Their house was on a farm situated on a public road. Manellis's father was owned by a man named Mr. Dorsey. His mother was bound out by Mr. Dorsey to a man named Mr. Morris of Frederick County. Manellis's father worked on a farm with no other slaves but their family. They raised on the farm vegetables and grain consisting of corn and wheat. The Gassaway family farm produced corn and wheat, which was taken to grist mill to be ground. I guess I shouldn't really say Gassaway family farm because they didn't own it, but it was only their family working on it, which probably was a pro in their part. But they also raised hogs and a small number of other stock for food. Manellis was a slave for only a short period of time, and he actually recalls that the white people were surprisingly friendly to him and their family. The man who owned the Gassaway family did not buy or sell slaves. He just had the one Gassaway family, and he apparently treated them nice. The farm they worked on was small, with no jail or punishment area for the Gassaway family. There was no church on the farm, but the Gassaways were lucky enough to go and be a part of the Old Side Methodist Church, which they went to on Sundays. It was a little far away, but they wanted to make it work. The preacher was colored, and they really enjoyed learning at this church and participating. Manolis' father neglected his own education as well as his children. He couldn't read, meaning that he was not able to teach any of his children to read, in which later years they saw that advantage. In Carroll County, so many people were a part of the Union that the whites and blacks got along very well. It was difficult for some in this area to think that they were even rebels. The family was surprisingly given holidays off to spend time with their family and each other. And comparing this to other slave narratives, I just thought that this one was interesting because the family was given so much time to be with each other while other slaves were maybe sold apart and they had to leave their family. And Manellis and his family were very grateful to have this opportunity, although nobody wants to be a slave, but they were lucky that they were treated well by the whites and that they could stick together and go and do stuff such as spend time with each other on holidays or go to church or, I mean, they worked on a farm and raised vegetables and grains, so I mean, I I assume their job couldn't be that bad. But Manelis mentioned one time that he was told a ghost story. I found this really interesting. In which a railroad train conductor was beheaded and killed and a ghost would appear often at the spot of his death. I I don't know if that's true, but that's what Manelis recalls. And many in the neighborhood actually claimed to have seen this ghost several times. I I just thought it was an interesting part of the slave narrative that... I should mention in the podcast. And 
Of course, this happened in most areas, but when it came to being sick, there wasn't much to do as there were no doctors and that anybody in the area could afford. So there were doctors, but first of all, they weren't even that reliable. And second of all, they were pretty expensive, which was kind of pointless anyway. You were kind of just going to use your own brain to do that. But when reading the slave narrative, I found minimal similarities to what's happening in Kindred and a lot of differences. For the most part, Manilas and his family had blessed lives, and even though they had to put in hard work, they were given opportunities to spend time with their families on holidays and church and etc. And in Kindred, the slaves are treated way worse, and they're expected to work a lot harder, and there is punishment that is evident, such as whippings and beatings. The slaves and kindred are also bought and sold very frequently, while Manilas and his family and his owner were never bought, sold, or they never had new slaves come in frequently. And the slaves and the um, yeah, the slaves and kindred were often moving north and south, east and west, but. In Carroll County, the Gasaway family didn't move much, except if they were going out to church. But I think the main reason for the, all the differences between Kindred and Manilas is that Manilas and his family lived in the Union, and the slaves in Kindred lived with Mr. Whalen in the South. But one parallel I saw between both the stories was the poor medical conditions, which was kind of evident in all parts of the United States at that point. The doctors weren't great. They didn't, people didn't always know what to do with like an injury such as Rufus's um, leg. And there were doctors, but they were either too expensive or not educated, so there was really no point. And that didn't really surprise me. But I wouldn't say that, to sum things up, you can't say that Manelis and his family had an easy life. But when you look at the lives such as slaves like Alice and Nigel and what Dana had to go through, you just really can't compare it. Manolis and his family need to be grateful for the opportunities they had. Although they were slaves, they were very grateful to have that positive slave life where, where the whites were friendly. That wasn't common. And they didn't have to go through the ideal living conditions in the South. So that's my podcast, and I hope you enjoyed.